Welcome to the Thinking Practitioner Podcast, a podcast where we dig into the fascinating issues, conditions, and quandaries in the massage and manual therapy world today. I'm Whitney Lowe. And I'm Tel Luca. Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the Thinking, Thinking Practitioner. Practitioner. Hi, Tel Luca here. Whitney will be back with us next episode. When I was looking for a publisher for a book I wanted to write, I was fortunate to have ended up with two offers, one from a large international media conglomerate and the other from Handspring, which at that time was just a small publisher run by four people with a love of great books and a love of our field. To this day, I'm glad I chose to go with Handspring as not only did they help me make the books I wanted to share, the Advanced Myofascial Techniques series, but their catalog has emerged as one of the leading collections of professional level books written especially for body workers, movement teachers, and all professionals who use movement or touch to help patients achieve wellness. Handspring has joined with Jessica Kingsley Publishers, Integrative Health, Singing Dragon Imprint, so head on over to their website at handspringpublishing.com to check their list of titles and be sure to use the code TTP, like the Thinking Practitioner, at checkout for a discount. Thanks, Handspring. Uh, sex is an edgy topic and may be particularly difficult. We're just going to jump right in, eh? That's going to go for it. <laughs> Maybe, uh, uh, may be particularly difficult to talk about in our field Maybe because there are such very good reasons to have crystal clear boundaries around sex and body work, but maybe also because uh, as a profession, we might be, some of us think, might be reacting to the cultural confusion between touch and sex by simply eliminating sex from our discussions and our thinking. And that makes it hard to talk about if we eliminate it. Some of us are starting to talk more openly about what we lose by leaving that out. Maybe we're thinking we've thrown some babies out with the bathwater. Maybe there's a certain amount of ownership we could be doing of intimacy as one of our work's superpowers. And maybe there are things we could learn from writers, thinkers, and professionals who are working openly and clearly in the realms of sexuality. Betty Martin, you are one of those people and you are the originator of the Wheel of Consent model, which has been enormously influential in sex education, sex therapy, and many other fields. Welcome, Betty. Thank you. Thank you. Your, uh, I want to hear from you in a second about a lot of things, but your bio in your from your book, The Art of Receiving and Giving, says, why would most people endure unwanted or unsatisfying touch rather than speak up for their own boundaries and desires? It's a question of a myriad of answers and one that Dr. Betty Martin has explored in her 40 plus years as a hands-on practitioner, first as a chiropractor and later as a somatic sex educator, certified surrogate partner, and sacred intimate. So uh, Betty, I'm so honored and pleased to have you here. And Thank I want you. to talk about that question. Why would people endure unwanted or unsatisfying touch? And especially how can we work with that as body workers, but maybe you could tell us a bit more about yourself and your work and your interests and that kind of thing. Sure. Yeah, that is a great question about why we do that. And and I would love to come back there. And I'm going to start, as you suggested, with a little bit about my work. Um, as you heard there, I was a chiropractor for 30 years, so I had my hands on a lot of people and just loved that work. I just loved it. And um, 
in my mid forties after a divorce, when I was still working as a chiropractor, I took a workshop in sexuality. Uh, this one was for women. And it was with the organization called the Body Electric School, who's still around. And it was very physical, very hands-on. It was two or three days. Um, and it just completely rocked my world as far as what I what I how I saw myself and experienced myself as an erotic being, which was that I pretty much had no clue before the workshop. And um and the I I met with a group of friends who had also taken that workshop and a couple more, and we explored regularly for a couple of years. And when I tell people about exploring sexuality, they immediately think often, oh, it means you're having a lot of sex. And that actually, that's not true if you define sex as intercourse. But we were exploring with movement and breath and sound and touch and things that can awaken your understanding and develop your understanding of yourself that are not about hooking up with each other. And that's that's often a difficult idea to, to get to. Um, but um, I think what it has in common with body work is that if I'm getting body work from you and I'm on your table, it's not about the connection between you and me. It's about what you're doing to me. And it's about my experience, um, whether it's pleasant or relaxing or challenging, or we're working in a more therapeutic mode. It's, it's about my experience. It's not about some connection between you and me. And it was similar in these erotic explorations that we did massages on each other and all kinds of stuff. And it wasn't about the hookup. It was about, oh, what is my body capable of? What does it feel like to be this turned on and not do anything with it? What does it feel like to be, to have all these tears and fears and joys and bliss come up? And so it was love that exploring. And um, after a few years of that, I realized that I was interested in, in offering that to other people, some of those opportunities. So I closed my chiropractic practice in a small town near Seattle and moved into Seattle and opened up a new studio and um, calling myself a sacred intimate and the sex coach. And working experientially with people to help them, number one, learn how to be comfortable in their skin, which is really hard for a lot of people. And number two, how to notice their desires, what they wanted and communicate them. And I was working with touch because I'm good at touch and, and I'm very comfortable there. And so you know, asking people, for example, how would you like, we're completely clothed. How would you like me to touch you right now for just a few minutes as a get acquainted kind of touch? And they would have no idea. Many people would say, oh, 
I, I don't know. I'm always the giver. Or I don't know. No one's ever asked me that. Mm-hmm. Or, well, you're the expert. You should know what to do. Mm-hmm. Or um, I don't know. Just do something. And so it, uh, this happened enough times that I began to wonder, why is it so hard for people to notice the simplest thing of how they might like to be touched for a few minutes? Maybe they, you know, it was really obvious to me, like, oh, I want my head scratched, or I want my hand massaged, or I want my feet rubbed, or I want to be held, or I want to, you know, I want you to stretch my arm this way. You know, those kind of answers were quite obvious to me, but they weren't for most people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I began think... I began to wonder what was going Oh, and then, yeah. then what would happen if, so they say, so then I would have to sort of coach them and support them in finding something that they wanted. And so, okay, well, you scratch my head. So I'm scratching their head. And they um, still acted and spoke as if it was for me like there they were I was doing something for them but they felt like they they had to go along with something or they couldn't change their mind or they couldn't stop when they were done or they you know would say things like well the first minute was great but the next two minutes I was wondering if it was okay to say stop so their actions betrayed the fact that they felt like it, it, it was it wasn't really for them, or that the the action was more important than how they felt about it, and mm. so they would sort of make themselves go along with something that wasn't pleasant, mm. which just seems really strange to me. I thought, why? And of course, I do it too. Why do we humans do that? Hmm. And so this this gets to your question of why we humans do that. And I, I started thinking, well, you know, every one of us is touched against our will in ways that we don't want and we don't like and we For are example, powerless to stop. Yeah. And it happens before you can talk. Mm. Universal. You can't get through your first couple of years of life without being touched in ways that you don't want. And it's not just people who have suffered abuse. It's everybody. Even Mm. if you had the best parents in the world, you got your diapers changed, you got your teeth brushed, you got picked up out of oncoming traffic, you know. Right. And so. Put in your car seat, whatever it was. Put in your car seat. Oh, my God. So, um, so we learn how to go along with stuff that we don't like. It is a skill you possess and I possess. And to some degree, we learn that, oh, this thing that's happening is more important than my ability to say no or stop. And mm-hmm. so we just go along and go along and go along. And, and this feels normal. This is what this is what touch is to many people. And I, I found this in my work with, with sexuality too, was that people um yeah, they just they didn't know that they had a choice. 
And when they would find out, oh, I have a choice. Oh, my gosh, I didn't know that, you know. Um, or, you know, like I said, going along with something that they don't really want or not really excited about. Well, so I think, I think, I think that's where it comes from. Yeah, yeah. and a yeah. lot of us recognize those examples, even in a different context. Yes. You're, you're, sounds like your context there in Seattle was a very open one, yeah. where it's about you being comfortable in your body and... Yeah. There's a lot of things that are possible. Yeah. Even in the context of a straight ahead body work. Oh, session, yes, absolutely. We, I recognize all of those responses, yeah. all of yeah. those questions that come up. Yeah. I've been on the massage table when I am paying for somebody for a massage. It's for relaxation and enjoyment. Yeah. And they do something that I don't like. And I just, rah, 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 and I just keep going. You're like, yeah. I, you know, I, as far as I can tell, we all do that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's um, it's a real art and skill to be able to create the context, create the mood, whatever, where clients feel okay about speaking up. Absolutely. And are invited to. Absolutely. And there's a lot, like you say, working against it. Yes. A lot working in our history, Absolutely. but you know, yeah. in the context we're yeah. in, in the culture. Yeah. And then there's the, well, you know, you're the expert. So, you know, mm. you're, I, I'm here to do what you think is right. Which is appropriate in some situations. If I'm going to a surgeon, I'm not going to tell them what to do. You know, like mm-hmm. they're supposed to know. And the same with many types of body work. Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 modality that that I was using and my colleagues, the modality isn't the cool stuff that I do to your body. The modality is pleasure. The he mm. the healing. Uh, the healing element is the experience of pleasure. And so that is a whole different approach. That's the difference between, you know, the body work that most of your folks are doing and working with pleasure because the experience of pleasure neurologically and chemically in the body changes you. It changes the way you think. It changes your perspective. It engages the the pleasure centers of the brain and you know and it 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 heals mm. yeah the pleasure itself is healing. pleasure itself is healing yeah on yeah. the emotional level but you're yes. talking about on the physiological level and the neurological yes. level all those absolutely levels. yes yeah. absolutely absolutely and in your role in your profession you're taking a stand for that you're saying that's what we do yes that's that's what we do yeah yeah. It's and it's a it's a, I think most of us on this side of that line would would say, yeah, we recognize that that's important too. Of course, that's a big part of what we do, mm-hmm. but it is a little complicated to stand for in the same way. I think there's oh more yes, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, thinking back to my chiropractic days, I, well, that's not some place I would or could go or was interested in going or no, it's you a whole the, different thing, <laughs> right? A whole different thing, and well, it, it's um, important too yeah it's very important Uh yeah yeah i'm thinking about my early training as a rolfer where it wasn't supposed to feel bad Mm -hmm. but the way it felt was um not my primary concern yes straight ahead view exactly and and the clients presenting symptoms were also not my primary concern nor what they requested or what they wanted i had a pretty clear model of what right. i was gonna yeah do. So and that's a reason. and that's an important way to work huh. i mean you know if i'm coming to you for rolfing 
that's what I'm paying you for. Yeah. To see that's those the things. contract. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And yet I, I mean, my early training was in other kinds of work that felt really good. I was there at the Esalen Institute on staff. Mm. So it was all about the senses and yeah. awakening the full range of experience yeah. and awareness. Yeah. So then when I went to the Rolf Institute to train, yeah, I'm maybe like, we oh met. my, yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's like these people don't know a thing about touch and from my point of view yeah. from that yeah. point of view of like this right. needs to at least feel decent yeah and that's yeah. really i took it became my kind of personal mission i went eventually got hired there and taught there for 20 years with that oh. being the mission being uh i want to we can do this work and not have it feel so bad so yeah yeah do yeah that. yeah good for you well that's, I mean, there's so many questions about your work and this context we're talking about. You've talked about the relationship between pleasure and healing. What about the difference between uh, intimacy and sex or how you define sex or mm, how we sure how we sort that out if we need to? Well, sex, most people think of it as intercourse. Mm. Or at least something involving an orifice or other. Yeah. And uh, involving the genitals. And that's a decent definition, but it's uh, a little short of what actually happens and what's actually possible. It's possible to have sex without touching genitals, possible to have sex without being in the same room. You know, so it's, I think of sex as the presence of, your arousal and you're choosing to act on it. And if it involves someone else, which it doesn't always, if it involves someone else, they are also choosing to act on their arousal. Interesting. So, so the presence of my arousal, my decision to act on it, and if mm-hmm. it involves somebody else, the same on their side. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you might, I mean, intercourse might be an option, but you might also dance and sing and read sexy stories and, um, you know, make out and, give each other erotic foot rubs. And I mean, all kinds of things can happen. Hmm. Um, and that's all sex. And and I consider that all sex. Yeah. Okay. I, I realize legally that's not the way how sex <laughs> okay. is defined. I, I realize <laughs> that. Um, but I'm, I'm in the business of helping people learn how to enjoy themselves more. So it, it's a broader definition. Nice. Uh, legally, of course, it's a different story. So, um, so sex in that meaning has, I mean, it's, it's implied that you're both enjoying it and there's something for you there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's primarily a physical, mental activity. Intimacy, I think of as being, uh, being close to someone in a way that you, you reveal yourself. I am intimate with my bookkeeper financially, mm. but not sexually. <laughs> I'm intimate with my lover sexually, but not financially. Mm. I may be intimate emotionally with my best friend, but not financially or sexually. So intimacy is one of those words that 
is often a euphemism for sex, uh -huh. but it's a different thing. And you can have sex that is not at all intimate. Okay. You can have intimacy that is not sexy. Yeah. Lots of people have sex that's not intimate. What, what about physical intimacy? Well, I think you're, yeah, you could be physically intimate. I yes. mean, in a way, I'm physically intimate with my physician because he uh, knows my body, but yeah. I'm not sexually intimate. So it's that revealing aspect. It's, I, I think of it as a, it, it, if we're intimate, I can see parts of you that you don't show to other people mm. and vice versa. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. we can be, emotionally intimate without being sexually intimate. Hmm. Um, well, just and we can be physically intimate without being sexually intimate. Okay. That's what I'm trying yeah. to tease apart yeah. too. Yeah. 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 I think a lot of people conflate those two and it's yeah. unfortunate because different people have different experiences emotionally with the same activity, you, you know, I may meet with my lover and we, you know, make out and play, mess around and have a great time. And I feel, oh my God, so intimate. And my lover's like, yeah, that was fun. Whatever, you know, or vice versa. It doesn't mean that one of those is wrong. Mm -hmm. It's because we're two human beings and we have different experiences inner to have different inner experiences and that's i think it's it's helpful to recognize that yeah we are different human beings we're different human beings and we're in different roles and in yeah. this in the context of this podcast and the work people do here there is i think an enormous amount of intimacy oh yes uh, yeah on yeah. the client side on both sides yeah. really yeah yeah and it's within that yeah context within that realm my it's body worker is going to see sides of me that other people don't i mean yeah. quite literally probably <laughs> right yeah yeah and then in that intimacy and i'm just thinking of the sacred term you use there's a there's a kind of reverence or a mm -hmm. certainly a respectfulness and a, an understanding of the vulnerability there mm -hmm. but also a specialness and an elevation mm -hmm. and a meaning aspect yeah i think so table. yeah yeah and of course you're all drunk on oxytocin so because you've been on the table for an hour like oh. yeah. yeah or you've been you've been focusing on this person's on your client's experience and yeah. you, you get in the zone of course you do thank goodness you know right um yeah I, okay so here's a question i'm trying to formulate it's what do you what are the vulnerabilities you see us body workers having by virtue of our role or these, uh, the, you know, the position we're in, how do we get set up for confusion Ooh, or boy, yeah. that's a good one. Well, I think, I think a couple of ways. One is that for most people, touch and sex are conflated. Ah. So any time touch is anywhere in the room, my mind goes to, okay, sex is also in the room. Mm -hmm. And it's really important to deconflate those because they're not the same. Absolutely. Um, but 
for many people, as soon as touch is about to happen, they 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 get a little aroused, which is fine because you get over it, you know. Um, so I think there's that confusion for for people, clients mostly, so that you they have a wonderful experience on your table and then they think they're in love with you. Mm. Yeah, that happens. I, you know, I'm guilty of that. So, mm. and I think another part of it is the, the natural power imbalance. Anytime you're seeing a practitioner, whether it's a physician or a teacher or a professor or a body worker, you you're going to hold them up to certain you know you, you're going to hold them up to a certain you know pedestal like pedestal stature. or something yeah yeah and it's also the fact that if i'm on the table there you do have certain power over me just in oh. a very tangible physical way the physical modeling of the situation yes, yes. yeah right. so so there's the power imbalance that is inherent mm -hmm. there's also the power imbalance that is all in my head as the client and they make a potent combination and so if if you as the practitioner um if you have any degree of questioning your boundaries or you know you think i'm kind of cute no 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 you know any little kind of chink in the armor, I'm going to jump right in. Mm. Um, so that that is a risk of this kind of work. And I imagine all of your practitioners are well aware of that. And, and I imagine they've all been schooled in don't go there, of course. Hopefully so, and, yeah. And it's very no. important that you don't go there because mm -hmm. the client is extremely vulnerable mm -hmm. in multiple ways yeah um yeah yeah so that's the that's you're describing the state that happens for the client of of uh looking up the mm -hmm. you know in the mm -hmm. physically in the room in, mm -hmm. you know, in the relationship yeah. and seeing our wonderfulness because of the context mm -hmm. and then from the practitioner side there's the uh there's the trap of believing it or or yeah. not just necessarily believing it but <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, of uh of just uh believing only that maybe yeah saying okay so yeah maybe i am pretty yeah or, i'm or, hot know, stuff. Whatever. i mean yeah. like, look at this cool stuff i'm doing to you right aren't right. i cool that's right now, I've look been how there. good you I feel afterwards most of us have been there yeah right yeah right yeah and Unfortunately, to some degree, our work, well, let's see, that's not unfortunate, but our work is largely very pleasant. Mm -hmm. We enjoy our work. We love our work. Mm -hmm. And so it, it makes it easy to draw some kind of satisfaction from our work. And I hope your work is satisfying. Absolutely. Right. And it's it's easy to um, to kind of eroticize that satisfaction a little bit. 
hopefully we don't do it and, and hopefully if it does happen it's extremely rare um but it is easy and um and particularly if our own personal sensual and erotic life is not satisfactory uh-huh. so you know if you have a partner hopefully you're having a wonderful time with your partner if you don't have a partner or even if you do you know at least get an, a relaxation massage regularly so that your tank is full so that you don't need your clients in order to fill up your tank of worthiness of sensuality of um you know i'm a good person i i deserve to live on the planet at this time you know all those meanings that we we draw from our work mm-hmm. um and you know i can relate to this i imagine many of your people can relate to this if you don't work for a while your hands get kind of hungry mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. you're like oh i just want to get my hands on somebody because it's just you know just so satisfying and it feels so good and you yeah. know it's connecting and and um if you if you don't have a source of sensual enjoyment mm-hmm. and physical enjoyment not necessarily sexual but just physical and sensual enjoyment it's going to be very easy to to kind of drink that in with your clients and that doesn't work that's great so we have like professional continuing education requirements uh it would be the wrong thing to do but it makes me think we also need like pleasure requirements yes right (laughs) yes how many hours of pleasure have you managed to accomplish this year and pleasure that's all about you i mean it's great that you're having a good time with your sweetie Uh and you need pleasure and enjoyment that is only for you Mm. i learned this when i was in my chiropractic days if i didn't get a massage every week or two i was ragged emotionally just ragged and it had nothing to do with sex it had nothing to do with it was just i needed an opportunity to be tended to and cared for the way i was caring for other people yeah. Of course we need that. You know? right. And if it's physical and sensory, all the better. Yeah. That's uh that really yeah. resonates with me. And uh, you know, for sure get our intimacy needs met. But also it, you know, it's your wheel of consent model lays it out in a very clear way that I saw this and I go, oh, I'm living in this part of the wheel. Mm-hmm. The part yeah. that is uh, touching for yes. someone else's benefit. Yes. And there's lots of uh, pleasure and benefit I get from that. But, yes. but I wasn't moving around the wheel very much. I'm still, yeah. I'm still trying to figure that out. Yeah. So, yeah. But it's so easy as a caregiver, as a helper to be uh, getting all of our, uh, you know, satisfaction yeah. from that giving. Act. Yeah. It ain't the same. No. It ain't the same. Yep. 
I mean, I, I, it's great that it's satisfying. That's one of the joys of this kind of work and the, you know, in my chiropractic days and later in my sacred intimate days, it is very satisfying work. It's great. Mm -hmm. And it ain't the same. Yeah. Get on the table. Yeah. As an as an ethical act is a way as an ethical act. Get on the table and put it in your calendar so that it happens regularly, so that you don't have to figure it out and make an appointment that's different all the time. Nice. Like, you know, every Tuesday at two o'clock, I am on the table. Okay, so in your training, uh, which in you know, full disclosure, I just finished. I was so impressed. Thank you. It was great like having a pro. class like yeah. a pro training in your training you really emphasize the importance of the hands yes and how they in some ways are a, a door or a doorway or the opening of the first step yeah yeah can you say something about that yeah so the the wheel of consent is about distinguishing between who's doing and who it's for huh. so if i'm touching you i can touch you for you or yeah. I can touch you for my own enjoyment with your permission, of course, and within whatever boundaries you have set. So I can give you a massage or I can feel you up. Very different experiences and very different. And it's important to notice the difference. Mm. And so when I was working with clients starting to play with this, it I noticed it's very difficult for most people to touch someone else for their own pleasure Hmm. and for some people it took some fiddling around and trying it out and for some people it's just impossible yeah for me for example is i realized that i had so found a way to take that out of my touch Mm -hmm. you know at least energetically from my side yeah that it was completely uh, uncomfortable yeah it's very common with body workers and and i work mostly with body workers um, it's very common for body workers to just not be able to get this brain cell talking to this other brain cell. Like I can't, you know, yeah. I think it's partly because it's already pleasant and what yeah. you don't realize is there's another layer. Yeah. Mm. So I was working with this, with this uh, one person, this a couple of decades back and um, trying to get him to be able to touch he was touching my arm and I was sort of coaching him with feel for the shape, feel for the texture, feel for the warmth, you know, just kind of trying to, to get him to be able to feel my arm for his own enjoyment. And he couldn't do it. And I looked over. It goes against <laughs> so yeah, much. He just like he couldn't do it. And I looked over next to me on the counter was a river stone that had these kind of nice textures. Okay. And I thought, I, I said to myself, aha, let's see what he does if there's no one to please. Like what? So I picked up the stone and put it in his hand. I said, feel this. And he couldn't feel that either. He knew it was a stone, but he couldn't take in any of the sensation he couldn't take in any it just like it wasn't clicking wasn't going in anywhere and that was a big aha for me because that that made me realize oh it's not that he can't feel an arm it's that he can't feel anything 
his hands are just not hooked up to his brain, you know, in a certain way. In a certain and way. And so, so we played with that and I started playing with that with other clients. And then I noticed what a big deal it was for most people, for many people. And so now I do it with everybody. Um, but the, and there's a video on, on YouTube called Waking Up the Hands. You can see me taking people through this. Um, we'll, we'll link that in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah. It's when I take an object in my hands and feel it, and feel is, a, is the accurate verb here because to feel means you touch something for the purpose of taking in information and perhaps pleasure. So in our work, we call it palpate. You're mm -hmm. probably very good at palpating. Mm -hmm. And you take that same ability to take in sensation. And in the context of you're at home on your couch with a shell instead of a human being, you can notice, oh, it's very pleasant, this shell. Like I can rub it along my hand. I can run my fingertips on it. And you start to notice that it's pleasant. And that for many people creates, uh, there's all, very often an, an emotional response of some kind, mm -hmm. surprise, delight, sadness is very common that will come up. And when people started having these emotional responses, that told me that we're onto something here, like something's going on in there that is meaningful. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. um, and so I, I now do that with all my people. And some people, it takes a few moments. Some people, it takes a few minutes. Some people, it takes weeks. It's, I mean, it's reminds it's, me so much of the feelings. It is the feelings mm -hmm. that come up for people when they're touched, when yes. they come to their body, the same thing happens, but you're yes. talking about it evoke through the hands or yes. actually touching and yeah. what happens in the hands. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. And, and I do this now before I teach people how to touch another person for their enjoyment, for their own enjoyment, because mm -hmm. the, the nerve pathways from the hand to the brain have to be open. Mm. And for many people, they're not. Well, of course, the nerves are there. It's the brain connections that are happening. The, the hand connections are already there neurologically, but um, uh, yeah, so... So waking up the ability of your hands to experience enjoyment in, with the sensation. Yeah. And yeah. That was the distinction yeah. that really yeah. made me realize I was so used to one mode of touching appropriately. Ab absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But that in my life, say, or in my, in my wholeness as a nervous system, there was a lot to learn. Yeah. Today. Yeah. 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 And, and for most body workers, you know, we, we spend so much time touching for the other person's benefit as we should. Yeah. And switching gears to touching someone for your own benefit is often very difficult because we've trained ourselves so well uh -huh. to not go there. Yeah. And of course, it's not appropriate with your clients. It's appropriate with your lover. Right. Yeah. Right. Or a and practice you, buddy. 
a practice body yeah. who knows but it's it's you talk about how it's a it's a felt sense too mm-hmm. how it's very much a different body state yeah yes that yeah. the different directionality yeah. of that pleasure yeah okay so yeah. you want to do you mind telling us a little more about your trainings like what who goes to them what percentage of that of body workers what are they going for that kind of thing the the trainings that i offer now are five day trainings called like a pro yeah it started out 15 years ago mostly for sex workers because i realized that i had some professional experience as a chiropractor that would be useful for sex workers many of whom some have had other professional experience but some hadn't and it started out mostly sex workers taking the class and then we started getting massage therapists and sexological body workers and um uh other kinds of body workers lomi lomi and different stuff and then it started expanding and then we started getting oh therapists and we've had uh, several physicians and counselors and coaches and teachers and now it's probably about half hands-on and half not hands-on we get a lot of therapists these days talk therapists yeah. a lot of talk therapists mm-hmm. um and of course a lot of other kinds of body workers and somatic educators and uh somatic experiencing practitioners and mm-hmm. you know it's all people who are into the body in some way mm. um and therapists are not going to be touching their if they're talk therapists they're not going to be touching their clients but they may be guiding their clients and touching each other at home or something mm-hmm. um so yeah and and because the work comes from a background of working with sexuality mm-hmm. um we're very open and talking about sex and there's usually some sex workers in the group and and we we address it very openly just as we have here mm-hmm. um and so it, it it's built on this legacy of of sex work mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. good to be clear about that yeah yeah and why what are they coming for i mean especially those that's a really good question <laughs> <laughs> What'd you come for? I came because, well, I saw, I just stumbled across uh, one of your YouTubes and I recognized a uh, an adept teacher in you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm a teacher and I think one of my roles is to help simplify complex things for people. And I spent mm-hmm. a lot of time figuring out how to do that. And I recognized a particular genius in you. And I just want to bow down to that, bow down to you in that sense too. Well, thank you. Yeah. So it's and it was a part of my own inquiry into who am I in all these realms at this stage mm-hmm. in my life, the circumstances mm-hmm. I'm finding myself in. Mm-hmm. How am I uh, enlivened by the roles I have, mm-hmm. and what what haven't I lived yet? What haven't I experienced? Mm-hmm. Yet? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, beautiful. And and you know, professional curiosity about what is happening to us that we don't make room for uh intimacy in the same yeah. way or that's reactivity around yeah. rightly yeah. so in many ways like i said the boundary questions around sex yeah how does that affect me personally so that's yeah. what brought me to your door yeah. and i that's really it helped me uh gain very clear conceptual maps find new experiences really understand where i'm uh learning 
and we're mm-hmm. able to grow. Mm. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you. Well, that's yeah. why most people come. Uh, not necessarily for my brilliance, but <laughs> but but the it's it's the training in using the wheel of consent with your uh, with your client. Yeah, and so it's the first few days, first two and a half days or so are about you, so that you experience each of the quadrants of the wheel of consent in mm. your your own body, mm-hmm. and then we open it up and talk more about the principles and how to teach it and how to share it with your clients. And, and like you're describing, what is your role in, in a session mm-hmm. and, um, and what contributes to you being able to stay in your role in integrity mm-hmm. um, and also how's it affecting your personal life? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's a lot of fun. Right. It's yeah. all clothed. There's nothing sexy happening in, in the training. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah. But the, the door is open to all of the learnings and lessons and applications. Yes, from that absolutely. Side of, yes, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So you wrote a cool book called The Art of Receiving and Giving. Anything else you want yes. to bookmark here on the way out about uh, how people can find out more about you and your work? Yeah, uh, wheelofconsentbook.com is where you can find the book and about me, and it'll link you to my uh, my website is bettymartin.org. The school where all the teaching happens from is schoolofconsent.org. Mm-hmm. You can find me on YouTube as well. Yeah. 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 Good. I will link some of those ones you've mentioned. We'll put those links in the show notes as well. Yeah. Anything else Thank you want to say? Thank no. you. Anything else Thank you want to leave you us with? Thank you for this conversation. It's been quite enjoyable. It really has. Thank you yeah. so much for your time. Yeah. You're so welcome. Yeah. Okay. Our closing sponsor, thanks to them too. Books of Discovery has been a part of massage therapy education for over 20 years. Thousands of schools around the world teach with their textbooks, e-textbooks, and digital resources. Books of Discovery likes to say, Learning adventures start here. They see that same spirit here on the Thinking Practitioner podcast, and they're proud to support our work, knowing we share the mission to bring the massage and bodywork community enlivening content that advances our profession. Check out their collection of e-textbooks and digital learning resources for pathology, kinesiology, anatomy, and physiology at booksofdiscovery.com, where thinking practitioners stay by entering thinking at checkout. Thanks to all of our sponsors. Stop by our sites for show notes, transcripts, and extras. And I think we're going to have a video of this one if it works out. Whitney's site, Whitney will be back in a future episode. His site is academyofclinicalmassage.com. My site, advanced-trainings.com. If there are questions or things you'd like to hear us talk about, guests you'd like to hear us interview, feedback you have for us, email us at info at the thinking practitioner or look for us on social media just under our names, Till Luca and Whitney Lowe. Please do rate us on Apple Podcasts. Take a second for that. That really helps the show have a bigger reach, helps people, more people find out about it, and gives gives our sponsors actually good feedback about you listening and being worth their support. So if you can take a second and rate us on Apple Podcasts, that helps us and everybody else. You can find us on Spotter, Stitchify, Google Podcasts, wherever else you listen. Thanks for sharing the word, telling a friend, and thanks for listening today.